wherever you're watching us from today, or where you may look, watch in the future, but we're so honored that you're here with us today through technology. If you have your Bibles this morning, I'm going to ask you to turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter number 17. We've got a long way to go and a short time to get there this morning, but we're going to get it done, I think. If you listen fast, I'll talk fast. How's that? And uh, I do have uh, some things burning in my spirit today that I want to share with you. It's been a wonderful week. Uh, I feel like I'm back when I was a kid. I've been at church so much. I've only, it's been going on two weeks almost, and I've been in church just about every day except for one, I think. And uh, so we've traveled a lot of miles and uh, been in a lot of places, but God is, God is doing some wonderful things, and we're so grateful for it. Let me make mention, uh, if you, uh, starting Wednesday night, uh, we'll be here Wednesday night, but then Thursday, Friday, uh, if you have nothing going on, uh, Abundant Life Tabernacle in Germantown, Ohio, which is just an hour drive from here, hour and five minutes, uh, Abundant Life Tabernacle, Pastor James Setzer and his wonderful church is in camp meeting starting Wednesday. Uh, you, if you want a place to go on Thursday and Friday, uh, that's a good place to go. Uh, Brother Mar uh, Melvin Sanchez will be ministering along with many others. Uh, got a power packed lineup of men of God, women of God that'll be there uh, in, in, in ministry. So if you're not able to be there, please pray for that meeting. I believe that it is, uh, it, it's, it's going to be a wonderful time. So we're looking forward to being with our brothers and sisters in, in Germantown, Ohio at the end of this week. But this morning we are in the house of the Lord and I do believe God wants to speak to us. I have about five messages that I'm going to try to roll into one. Now, if the Lord anoints it, wonderful. If not, you're getting ready to witness a train wreck, all right? So, but First uh, Samuel chapter number 17, beginning in verse number 38. We're going to read through verse number 40 just to lay a foundation. You're probably familiar with this story, so we're just going to grab it right in the middle of it and uh, just to use this to begin to build off of for a few moments. We find in verse number 38, and Samuel, or I'm Samuel, Lord help me, and Saul armed David with his armor, and he put a helmet of brass upon his head. Also he armed him with a coat of mail, and David girded his sword upon his armor, and he assessed or attempted to go, for he had not proved it. And David said unto Saul, tell your neighbor, I cannot go. Uh, you didn't convince them. Tell them again. I cannot go. I cannot go with these, for I have not proved them. And David put them off him. For a few moments this morning, our subject is found in this passage of Scripture. And if the Lord would help me, I want to talk to you and preach for a few moments on putting off the garments of man putting off the garments of man. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you today for your word. We thank you for its anointing. We thank you for the privilege to stand in your house today with your people. I pray that over the next few moments, I will decrease and you can increase. Let your Holy Spirit uh, touch the hearts of men and women this morning as we minister. Let us have ears to hear, hearts that are open. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. You may be seated. In the presence of the Lord this morning. 
1 Samuel chapter number 17, we arrive at a time where there is a conflict that is in a place where it has been going on for some time and we find that Saul has led his men into battle. We find that the Philistines have came and they have taken up a stand on one side of the valley while Israel is on the other. We find that David that we read about this morning, three of his older siblings are in the army of Saul and they are on the battlefield and Jesse concerned about the well-being of his children. He calls for David and he simply says, will you go and check on your brethren and check on the status of what's going on? When you read through this passage of scripture, you will find that there was multiple times a day there was a champion is what your Bible calls him. He was a man of war from his youth. His name is Goliath. He was a man that stood above every other man. He was a man of great power and great authority on the battlefield. You will find that he would come out every day, the children of Israel, the army of Israel would put their battle in array against the army, the Philistines, and nobody was taking any ground. Nobody was making any headway. There was no victory been one. There was just conflict. But every time that they would come out and get ready to start a battle, there would be the emerging of Goliath of Gath. And he would come and he would strike fear in the heart of Israel. And they would retreat. And this was going on not for one day or two days, but our Bible teaches us that this had been going on for 40 days. Upon David's arrival, he comes to deliver some cheese and some other supplies and to check on the well-being. And he happens to hear this booming voice defying the armies of God. And upon hearing this, we find he witnesses that the army of Israel, mighty men, began to retreat in a state of fear and reservation. He begins to ask questions and you know the story, his brethren saying, why are you here? Your heart's full of mischief. Why? Well, but then he begins to listen and says, what's going on? And he asks this question. It's a very powerful question. I've preached on it multiple times through the years. But he says, is there not a cause? I want to ask you a question this morning. Is there not a cause? Is there not a generation worth fighting for? Is there not a message still worth sharing? Is there not a cause this morning for you and I to roll up our sleeves and to forget about ourselves and to take this glorious gospel to the ends of the world? Uh, maybe we need to pause and remember just how broken we was when we found Jesus. Maybe we need to pause and just remember of how desperate we was when we found Jesus. Or could I say when he came and visited us in that very special way. But can I tell you, there is still a cause this morning. I'm not going to preach that this morning, but I could. But we find that as David begins to listen and he begins to hear conversation to the one that will go out and fight him, the, uh, Saul's desperate. He's willing to give all kinds of things away. To, but then David was being, he says, let no man's, if you read a few verses before what we read, you will find that David said, let no man's heart fail because of him. 
He says, I will go and I will fight him. But notice what happens. Saul begins to speak to David when David's brought before him. And he simply says to him, thou art not able. There will always be a voice that tells you you can't. But can I tell you that voice is at the final authority. That voice said, but you can't go out against this Philistine to fight him because he's been a man of war since his youth and you're just a youth. What he was simply saying is there's no way that you can even come close to operating on the level that he's operating. But David said, there's some things you just don't know. He said, when I was taking care of my father's sheep, there was, there was this time when there was a lion and there was this time when there was a bear and they came and they took a lamb out of the, out of the flock. But I, I refused to sit silent. I refused to not engage. I, I refused to not pursue after that which was precious to my father. And he said, I went and I grabbed that beast by the beard and I pulled that lamb out of his mouth and I delivered him. But he makes it very clear that he said, when I called him by the beard and I slew him, he understood, he said, it wasn't me, but he said it was the Lord God that had anointed me. And you find that he said, the same God that delivered them into my hand is the same God that will deliver this uncircumcised Philistine today. Sounds wonderful, right? But then not only will there be a voice that simply says you can't, but then that sometimes that same voice will say, well, you can, but only if you put on the things that I have for you. Our story would be much different in our Bible today if David would have tried to go to the battlefield dressed in Saul's armor. But this morning, I want us to focus on the fact that it is important for us to understand the value of the garments that we are wearing. You see, when David begins to find himself in this situation, he finds himself and he sees that Saul begins to put all of his attire on him. And, 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 and yes, it was filled with beauty. Yes, it was filled with practical things that, that on an, in a natural battle would be beneficial. But you have to realize that David was getting ready to engage not in a physical battle, but he was getting ready to engage in a spiritual battle that was going to be fought in a physical realm. And many times we don't understand that what we're fighting, even though it may look like it's in the physical realm, it's not the physical realm at all. We are fighting a spiritual war, but it's just been manifested in the physical realm. We often try to fix things by dealing with the results instead of going to the root of the problem. Now, I want us to understand that in order for us to get to a place of victory, in order for us to get to a place where we are walking with the peace of God, in order for us to walk in a place where we can have joy unspeakable and feel and experience the glory of God, we're going to have to get wiser than what we are and realize we have got to stop letting the world dress us. 
and I'm going to take it a little further. We are going to have to also get to the place where we are going to stop letting people of faith dress us. We have a generation today that is more concerned about getting into alignment of their favorite preacher's commentary or his latest book than they are about the Word of God. Now, I am thankful for the men of God that God has inspired and given counsel, and, I, and I'm thankful for their, their theological insights and things of that nature, but it's not gospel. You and I today need to understand that we have got to allow the Holy Spirit to clothe us. You and I can be influenced by others and we can take things that God has given uh, and, and that's why it is through the preaching of the word that we are able to be edified and equipped as well as the teaching of the word. But please hear me. There is some things uh, that can only be had uh, when you go to the word of God and you get it for yourself and you come into relationship with him. At the beginning of this year, I preached a message. It was, I believe, January the 6th, uh, if my memory serves me correctly, uh, as we started the year, and I really felt the Lord impressed, and I preached a message on the unattractive bride. I, I, I laid for a foundation at that time, and the Lord has brought me back to this in the last few weeks. Uh, but in Jeremiah chapter 2, verse number 32, there was a, there's one verse that is amazing to me. It says, Can a maid forget her ornaments, or a bride her attire? Yet many people have forgotten me days without number. You and I today understand that when you come to a place, uh, when you come to a wedding ceremony in the Western uh, uh, culture in which we live, we understand this, that much of that day is circling around the attire that the bride is wearing. Though it, it, you'll hear the conversation such as, oh, her dress is beautiful. Or you'll say, her flowers are amazing. Or, but listen, you will never remember what the groom wore. You will never remember what the preacher preached, what, is, what, what text he took. But you always remember the decor and the attire of the bride because of what she is in. And notice with me, that day, while it only lasts for a few moments, uh, that bride does not look in that manner just by happening stance. Trust me, I've been through the process. It is through hours of preparation. It is through not dollars, but hundreds of dollars. It's amazing when you get the call, we found the dress. But then you go back time and time again because the dress that you found has to be altered and it has to be sized and you have to have multiple fittings and, 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 and then I have to buy this and I have to do this. I have to tuck this. I have to tailor that. And it's like, what in the world? And you find out. But at the end of the day, when the doors open and she walks through and it's like everybody goes, oh. She was beautiful before, but she's got a different type of beauty that day because of the attire that she has on. Please hear me. We find that garments are important. And I want to remind you and I today that the book of Revelation teaches us that we are the bride of Christ. For the sake of time, I, I can't read all of these scriptures, but at Revelation 19, 7 and 8, you will find that it is very clearly told that we are the wife. We are the bride of Christ. 
But if you really want to get to the nuts and bolts of this thing, uh, you have to go back to the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 61. And he simply makes this statement in verses 10 and 11. I want to give them to you this morning. He says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. He hath covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorneth herself with her jewels. For as the earth bringeth forth her bud, and as a garden causes the things that are sown in it to spring forth, so the Lord will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all the nations. I want you to understand in this passage of Scripture, however, Isaiah says, For he hath clothed me with the garments, not a garment, but garments, plural, with the garments of salvation. He hath covered me with a robe of righteousness. I share all of this because of the importance of the hour. Notice with me, Isaiah makes it very clear that he did not dress himself. He positioned himself so that the Lord could dress him. You and I today while we look for many avenues to experience the presence of God and the power of God in our lives, let me be very clear this morning. There is no shortcut to entering in to heaven's dressing room. You can't sing it down. You can't preach it down. But if you really want God to dress you in the garments that he has for you, you are going to have to make a conscious decision to step beyond the veil that was rent from top to bottom while he was on Calvary's cross. And you do that by entering into a place of prayer. And you do that by entering into a place where you are not no longer focusing on a religious attitude, but you're desiring a relationship with him. There's a lot of people today that says, oh, I love Jesus. And I'm not, I, I'm not going to be mean this morning, but I, I want you to understand with me. If you love somebody, you try to behave in a manner that pleases them. The Bible teaches us what pleases him. It is for us to sit and to dine with him, for us to sit and to sup with him. He's not concerned about you showing off or showing up in your gifts or your talents that he's given you. But he is desiring a people that will come back in behind the veil. Because the reality is I am thankful for salvation. But that is not the only garment that is in heaven's dressing room this morning. Isaiah said, he has dressed me in the garments of salvation. You and I need to understand that if we're really going to walk in the place that God has called us to, we are going to have to continually allow him to place the garments that he has for us. Notice when David began to be dressed by Saul, it wasn't just one article of clothing. But there was multiple articles uh, of clothing that was put upon him. And he began, the Bible says, that after he assessed it, after he looked at it, and after he felt it upon him, he said, something just ain't right. Something's just not jiving with me. And therefore, I got to put it off. 
And therefore he understood uh, that while I was out in the shepherd's field and nobody else was around and I was alone with the Lord, after the prophet had poured a horn of oil on his head, there was something that began to transpire in his life. And while nobody else saw it, nobody knew anything about it, he was not the one voting most likely to succeed. Uh, But what was happening while he was out there watching those sheep, uh, there was something taking place. Uh, The spirit of the Lord was resting upon him, uh, but at the same time, uh, there was garments that was been placed upon him. And therefore, we find that little David, just a young boy, uh, out in the field, he wasn't in the synagogue teaching. Uh, He wasn't making men marvel at his elegant speech. Uh, He wasn't doing any of those things. There wasn't an entourage behind him saying, oh, David's going to be the guy. No, but David was there, and he was allowing the Lord to dress him. Uh, And we find that when the Lord begins to dress you, you operate differently than when men dress you. Uh, When men dress you, you, you retreat in fear when the Goliath comes out. Uh, but when you've been dressed by the Lord, you say, don't let anybody's heart fear uh, because of that man, uh, because I've been clothed. I've got a garment on that nobody sees. Uh, he had a garment of authority. Uh, he had a garment of boldness. Uh, he had a garment of confidence. Uh, he had a garment of peace. Uh, he had a garment of joy. Uh, and he said, you know what? The same God that delivered me from the lion and from the bear uh, is going to deliver me today uh, because I know in whom I have believed. Uh, But can I tell you, there had to be a decision make uh, in that moment. Uh, When he put them off, uh, you will find your Bible says in chapter number 17, if you read further, uh, it says that he went down by the brook. He went down by the river uh, and he leaned, uh, he had a staff in his hand. He picked out five smooth stones. Uh, He put it in his shepherd bag, in his script. I don't have time to teach all of that this morning. Uh, But then he rose up uh, and he went and it says that he ran towards Goliath. Uh, Goliath said, am I just a dog? Uh, Who are you? Uh, He said, listen, you can stand there with a sword. You can stand there with the shield that man has made. uh, But your man-made garments uh, does not have anything uh, on what I am clothed in. Uh, You may not see it. uh, You may not understand it. uh, But I come to you in the name of the Lord uh, who has delivered me before and will deliver me today. Uh, You say, what in the world are you talking about? Uh, Can I tell you, we are in a place today uh, where men and women are more concerned. Uh, Please don't fall out with me. Uh, We're more concerned about fad and fashion uh, than we are about anointing and power. Uh, We're more concerned about fit in uh, than we are about operating in the realm of the spirit. Uh, I want you to realize today uh, that there is garments of salvation uh, that men and women can wear. Uh, why is it that you're up here ready to worship the Lord today? Uh, but if I see you tomorrow, you're in the bully grubs and saying, I can't make it and my world's falling apart. Uh, it's because you're walking around and living in men's garments. Uh, it's all emotions. Uh, it's all hype. It's all garbage. Uh, but today, when I get dressed by the Lord... Uh, Can I tell you, uh, I stand unmovable, steadfast, uh, ready to abound in the work of the Lord. Uh, Why? Uh, It's because I realize uh, that this is not all there is. Uh, Can I tell you, uh, we need some men and women to get dressed again uh, in a manner uh, where we're able to change the world. Uh, Why is it uh, that a man uh, that began to deny Christ uh, and said, I don't know him, I'm not part of him, uh, but 50 days later, stand amongst the 
people of the day uh, and speak with authority and power uh, is because he went to a place of repentance. Uh, he went into heaven's dressing room uh, and he began to allow the Holy Spirit to put garments on him uh, and he began to walk differently, live differently, and speak differently. Uh, I'm not talking about the outward experience of men. Uh, listen, if the heart's right, the outside will be right. I don't need to preach that stuff. Uh, but can I tell you, uh, when you get to a place uh, when the heart's not right uh, and then you got everybody else clothed in emotions, uh, everybody clothed in all of this stuff and they want it to be about me, 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 me. Listen, well, our problem is not the world today. Uh, our problem is not evil today. Uh, we got power over that. Our problem is ourselves. Uh, we're walking around with garments uh, that man has created. Uh, we got garments of selfishness on. Uh, it's all about me. Uh, if I don't get what I want and I don't do it like I want, uh, then, uh, then everybody's going to pay for it. Uh, listen, uh, that's not of God. Uh, that really is a Jezebel spirit. Uh, can I tell you, uh, you need to get over it. You need to, re you need to repent. Uh, listen, uh, you walk around uh, with a garment of pride. Uh, oh, uh, they, they need me. Uh, they need my gift. They need my, no. Uh, we need somebody to walk in humility. Uh, we need somebody to put on a garment of servanthood. Uh, we need somebody uh, to understand uh, that this isn't about any of us, uh, but it is about the King of kings and Lord of lords. Uh, listen, uh, while we're sitting here wanting to be everything, uh, we got a generation dying and going to hell around us, uh, and then we simply say this, oh, it's so sad. Uh, no, what's so sad is uh, that we got men and women that want to shout in the house of God on Sunday, uh, but they want to sip uh, uh, their, their, their things on Tuesday. Uh, then they want to be in the club on Thursday. Uh, they want to go to the world's concert on Friday, uh, and then they want to come back in on Sunday and say, God, rain it down on us. Uh, can I help you this morning? Uh, you're going to have to get some garments off, uh, and you're going to have to get back to a place uh, where you walk in the power and the authority of God. Uh, I know I'm going against every church growth seminar right now, but that's okay. Uh, can I tell you, uh, I got to tell somebody uh, that his word says, Jeremiah had insight. Uh, he said, you all say you love me, uh, but yet you have forgotten me many days. Uh, can I tell you, uh, there is no power if you're not praying. Well, my life's just a mess, preacher. I just, everything I, t well, can I, can I help us this morning? Don't just pray when you're in trouble. He's not a butler. He didn't give you a spiritual bell, just a ring. Please hear me. If you really want to walk with joy, if you really want to walk with peace, if you really want to walk with the blessing and the favor of God in your life, you have to consciously make a decision to step into heaven's dressing room and allow him to tailor the garment the way that he sees fit for you to wear it. This is not a one-size-fit-all thing. Please hear me. Your Bible says to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Samuel Chadwick made this statement. The devil laughs at our toil, mocks at our wisdom, our wisdom, but trembles when we pray. Can I say that again? The devil laughs at our toil, 
How many knows we witness a lot of people tolling through life? Oh, help me, Jesus, help me, Jesus, help me, Jesus. They're just tolling. Then we witness others, oh, I've got it all figured out, but he just mocks at our wisdom. But if we ever become a praying people, things begin to tremble in the spiritual realm because he realizes if they go to that place of prayer, they're going to come out differently because there's going to be a different garment on them. Please hear me. If you want to go beyond where you are right now, you have to make a decision to be a man or a woman of prayer. I know I'm not talking about a lay me down to sleep prayer. But if you're not happy in your marriage, you're not happy in your career, you're not happy with anything else in your life, can I tell you, you're going to have to pray. And here's the key. You can't be praying prayers like this, Lord, kill them or straighten them out. <laughs> Why y'all laughing? Y'all been praying that way? <laughs> but I ain't married to any of you. <laughs> but you have to come to a place and you sit there and you get down and you say this, Lord. Lord. Now, now, this is hard for some of you to swallow because in order for you to do this, I love y'all, but in order for you to pray this prayer, you're going to have to take that garment of pride off. Because I, 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 listen, we've all been there. We all think we've got it all figured out and it's all about it. No, you have to take that off and you have to say, Lord, we're not going to talk about, we're not going to talk about the people on the job. We're not going to talk about the, the spouse. Lord, you know and I know they, both, they all got problems, but I know that I'm not without problems. So, Lord, I'll let you deal with them, but, Lord, I want you to deal with me. So, Lord, I want you to teach me. Lord, I want, you, I want, to, I, I want to teach. I want you to teach me how to love. I, I, I want you to teach me how to conduct myself. I, I, I want you to teach me how you want me to walk through this season of my life because, Lord, I'm thankful for the garment of salvation, but also know you have more than one garment in your dressing room, and I need some more garments. That's why you read in the New Testament, Paul writing simply say, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand. Listen. The whole armor is not just one piece. It's not just one article. There's a lot of people. There's, there's a lot of people trying to fight this war with only one piece of armor. And there's a whole uniform that we must put on. Hear me. Isaiah understood this in such a manner that he said, I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. Because he has dressed me in the garments of salvation and he has put a robe of righteousness on me. Folks, today, I got to hurry. I'm just getting started. There has never been anything in the kingdom of God that had any attractiveness to it at all that wasn't built on prayer. If we are going to be attractive to the world, if we're going to live in a manner where we are an example to this generation, 
It will be because we go back and allow him to dress us in the manner that he desires to do so. I want to say this this morning, not to offend, but to be very bold. He gets no glory when his children are wearing garments of this modern world. And I'm talking about outward garments. I'm talking about the garment of compromise. It doesn't bring him any pleasure. The garment of pleasure gives him no satisfaction. The garments of entertainment does not get him excited and makes him pour out his Holy Spirit. To be very honest with you this morning, the garment of selfishness breaks his heart. And pretty much about 95% of what we do in the modern church in America is selfish. And then we wonder why he's not pouring out his spirit. It's because what we are calling worship is actually breaking his heart because it's all selfishness. I want God to do this, and I want God to do this, and I want God to do this, and I'm going I'm to do this, and I'm going to do this, and he's going to do that. And listen, no, 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 no. Please hear me. Your Bible, if you really read your Bible, he says, if you're going to be disciples of me, if you're going to be worthy to be called of me, you will pick up your cross daily. And you will follow me. You know why he says that? It's because he says you're going to have to lay this flesh on the cross every day and crucify it. That is not what the world is telling you. The world is telling you it's all about you and you're altogether lovely. And listen, I love you. But at the same time, I love you enough to tell you the truth this morning. That it's not about you and me. But it is about understanding that our Bible teaches us that life is just a vapor. We're here today, gone tomorrow. This body that we're in, it's just a temporal house. It's just, it's temporal. We are not a physical body with the spirit. No, we are a spirit man or a spirit woman that's living in a temporary physical body but this spirit man is going to live for all eternity. Now, this spirit man has got to come into alignment with the things of God in order to walk into the blessings and the favor of God, not just here, but for all eternity. But the world would tell you, it don't matter. Please hear me. What moves the Father is when a man or a woman begins to call on his name. I wish I had time to preach this this morning. But if you go to Luke chapter 15 and read in your Bibles, you'll find a story often referenced as the prodigal son. You will find that this man had two sons. The younger of his children simply said, give me that which is falling towards me. And it is said that he takes what his father gives him and he wastes it with righteous living in a far country 
Most are probably familiar with this story, but it says that when he would have filled his belly with that which the swine did eat, it says he come to himself and he said this, in my father's house is more than enough. I am no longer worthy to be called a son, but I'm going to go and I'm going to say, just let me be a servant in your house. Humility, repentance. But your Bible says that while he was yet a great way off, the father saw him, ran to him, fell upon his neck and kissed him, turned to the servants that ran with him, obviously, because they was present. And he simply turned to the servants and he said this, go get the best robe, go get the ring, go get shoes for his feet, and oh, by the way, kill the fatted calf because my son who was lost is now home. Why do I say that? It's because when this young man began to call to the father, immediately the first thing the father did was says, we're going to change your garments. Because he was stained by the world. He had the scars. He had the smell of where he had been. But the Lord simply said, we're going to bring you back to a place of true identity of who I've designed you to be. Yeah. If you go into the culture, the Jewish culture, you will find that in that garment that was put on him, there was specific colors that was designated to that father's house. And therefore, when people would see him walking after that, they knew who he belonged to. I don't have a garment that way. I just have a hair. And everybody says, you're a Russell. <laughs> what happened was that ring he put on his hand. He said that was a servant didn't wear a ring. But that, sir, that, that, that ring, that one on his hand, it had a seal on the top of it. And it gave him the power. Don't miss this. Gave him the power and the ability to buy and sell to purchase what he needed in the name of the Father. He didn't have to have any resource other than the ring because it was the authority of the Father. And he could put that on any document and say, well, that, the Father's taking care of that. The Father's taking care of it. It's paid for. It's bought. It's already paid for. And the shoes designated that he was a son. What am I saying? Garments are important. And if I had time this morning, I would take you to Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22, there was a king that had prepared a marriage. You can read it, and you will find that as he had made preparations, and some people made light of it and didn't want to attend, he said, I want you to go to the highways and byways. I want you to compel all these people to come in. They came in. But upon his arrival, you'll find that when the king come in to see the guest in chapter 22 of Matthew, verses 11 through 13, he came in and he saw there a man which had not on a wedding garment. When he walked in and this man did not have a wedding garment on, he walked up to him and he said these words. He said, friend, how camest thou in hither not having a wedding garment on? What he was really saying, if I can use modern day language, is this. 
is, boy, who do you think you are coming in here in that garment? You'd say, that's rude. No, that's not rude because you have to understand the culture. You see, upon every guest that would walk into that wedding celebration, that dinner, if that was been hosted in this room, in that setting, if this room was filled with tables and the, the fatted calf and everything was prepared, and this was the dining hall, and you was to enter from out there, and you had been beckoned to come, he was simply saying, you could come as you are. But when you arrived at his house, there was a special room off to the side when you would walk in before you would ever walk in here. It was already bought and paid for. You didn't have to worry about purchasing it. But the king had made ready garments. And you could walk in and you were to take off what you had on. And you were to put on what the king had prepared. And then you could walk in and you could enjoy everything that he had for you. But this man in Matthew chapter 22 had the mindset that many people have today in our culture. I'll wear my garment. I know you weren't going to shout me down this morning. That's all right. I'll wear what I want to wear. I still want to be in the room. And I want to partake of what he has. But I'm going to wear my selfish garment. I'm going to wear my prideful garment. I'm going to wear what I want to wear because I am who I want to be. But that's very, very dangerous. Because notice if you read the rest of that scripture in Matthew 22, after he says, friend, how is it that you came in here? Notice he was speechless. There's a lot of people that have a lot to say today, but there will be a day when you stand before him, you will be speechless. You can say, bless God, that's just a pastor. I can do what I want. Bless God, that's sister so-and-so. She don't have no authority. Whatever. Well, they're just old. They don't, that's a different time. That's a different era. They just, they're just not ready of it today. And we're teaching a generation that that behavior is okay. That arrogance is okay. It's not okay. There will be a day where you'll be speechless. But for those that refuse to put on the garments of the Lord. Notice it says, then the king said to the servants, said, bind him hand and foot. Take him away and cast him into utter darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. What he's simply saying is this. You had every opportunity to not just bask in my presence and be and partake of everything that I have for you. But because of arrogance and because of selfishness and because of wanting to do it your way and not the biblical way. He was removed. He thought he was getting away with it. He was sitting there. He was feeling the atmosphere in the room. He's like, I'm getting ready to partake of this wonderful and great thing. But guess what? He never tasted and seen that it was good because he refused to put on the garments. As they come to the music this morning, there are those that are faithful 
to the house of God across this nation. If, if it's Sunday morning, you will find them in the local church. You will find them at the big conference. You will find them at the next retreat. They're faithful. But yet, they never walk in victory. They never walk with peace. They never walk with joy. Can I, can I help you real quick? Happiness is not peace. Happiness is not joy. These people I'm speaking of, they can be happy today and miserable tomorrow. And the reason for it is because of the simple fact they have an issue with pride. They have an issue of selfishness and they think the problem was everybody else, but it's not. It's them. And I say that in love today. And these people will be faithful to the house of God, but yet they will never really taste and see that the Lord is good because of the simple fact they can't go into the spiritual realm of where God wants them to be because they refuse to change raiment. I know this is a sobering message today. I have been blessed to be in large churches. I've been blessed to be in small churches and churches in between. I preached to 30 and I preached to hundreds. And everywhere I go, I see the same thing. Somewhere along the way, we have let a generation believe that everything is acceptable. Everything is acceptable if you want to live a miserable life. An uncertain life. A life out of control. Everything goes. It's fine. But if you really want to live a life that God is breathing on and blessing. If you want to live a life where it is full. I didn't say perfect. I said full then you have to make a decision to put off the garments of men and to allow the Lord to dress you. Here's the thing. Isaiah was completely capable of dressing himself. But he realized more important than the outward physical attire, he needed to be spiritually dressed by his father. On the outward, you can be dressed this morning and it look like you have it all together and you be completely broken. You may fool everybody around you and they say, oh, they've got it going on, but you're, you're miserable. You're full of longing. You say, well, if they just preach that one message, no, it's not a message. Well, if they just sing that one song, it's not a song. We could get a generation, young and old alike, to fall down on their face and repent. 
and say, God, forgive me of my selfish pride. Forgive me for trying to make it about me. Forgive me for trying to control the narrative. Forgive me. Isaiah said, I will rejoice. And he could rejoice because of the simple fact he knew what had changed in his life because of the garments of salvation that he wore. Because of his willingness to allow the Lord to dress him in the garments of salvation, he had an Isaiah 6 moment. And let me tell you this, every one of us can have an Isaiah 6 moment if we want it. Isaiah 6 simply said this, in the year that the king Uzziah died, he said, I saw the Lord. In the midst of death, he saw the Lord. He said, I saw the Lord. He was high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. What he saw is he saw a glimpse of the true, authentic power and anointing and the presence of God that he had never saw because of the garments that he is wearing at that moment. See, a generation has heard about his power. They've heard about his authority, but they've yet to see it. But can I tell you, if you have a moment like Isaiah did in Isaiah 6, it changes everything in your life. I wonder this morning, whose garments are we wearing? There's men and women today that has gifts, callings, and talents. God has a mandate upon their life, but they will never step into that in the realm that God wants them to until, first of all, they go back to heaven's dressing room and they allow the garments of salvation to be placed upon them. What you're trying to accomplish in yourself, and I don't mean to sound negative this morning, what you're trying to do in yourself, you will never accomplish. You can make all of the changes in your life and you will never find real joy, real happiness, real peace. The only way you'll do that is if you let him dress you. No matter what you change in your life, you will never be enough for you. The enemy will always sit on your shoulder and tell you lie after lie after lie. You're not enough. You're not enough. You're not enough. But when you'll go into heaven's dressing room and let him put garments on you, you'll find out that you're more than enough. That you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You will find that he did not mess up when he made you. But you got to put off some things. And you got to allow him to put some things on you. As we stand all over the house this morning. There's so much more I could say this morning, but if you want to self-evaluate this morning before we pray, maybe you have the question this morning, how can I know that he's dressed me? 
How can I know that I have the garments of salvation on this morning? You could quickly turn to Galatians chapter 5 and you could read verse 22 and 23. And this is just a snapshot of the garments of the Father. You see, if the Father has dressed you, you will have a garment of love on. You will have a garment of joy. You will have a garment of peace. You'll have a garment of forbearance. You'll have a garment of kindness. You'll have a garment of goodness. You'll have a garment of faithfulness. You'll have a garment of gentleness. And you'll have a garment of self-control. If that does not describe you and your demeanor today, please don't be offended. But if those things I just mentioned don't describe you today and describe your actions, can I tell you this this morning? That you're wearing the garments of men. And those garments need to be removed. But you can't remove them. I can't remove them. We have to go into his dressing room. And we have to allow him and we have to grant him permission to say, Lord, take it all away. Just begin to take that little knife and just methodically just begin to carve those things off of me so that you can put on that garment of love, that garment of joy, that garment of peace, that garment of kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You say, why is it so important? Please hear this preacher today. God has chosen you and I to be present at this time in history to fulfill the work that he began. And in Isaiah 61, this is a passage that Jesus himself, when he stood in the synagogue on a particular day, when they opened up the scroll, this is what he began to read. And this is what he started, and this is what we are to be continuing. This is why we're here today. You say, I don't know what my purpose is, preacher. I, I don't know what my... Here, I'm going to give you your purpose right now. I'm not concerned about your title, not concerned about your position, but if you're a man or a woman of God, this is your purpose. This is why he came, this is what he started, and this is what you and I are to be doing today. He said, the Spirit of the Lord of God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to point unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. That's our purpose. That's his plan. But it doesn't stop there in verse 4. It goes on, it says, And they, talking about the lineage of the Lord Jesus Christ, they shall build the old waste places. They shall raise up the formal desolations. They shall repair the waste cities and the desolations of many generations. Notice with me. It doesn't stop there. 
but for those that will put their faith and trust in the Lord, and this is why garments is so important. For those that will put their faith and trust in the Lord and will go back into heaven's dressing room and say, Lord, you do what you want to do in my life. I yield, I surrender to you. Verse number seven says, for your shame. Anybody got any regrets in this room? Anybody glad that their life, every, every detail of their life's not on that screen today? We got some shame. But for your shame, you shall have double. I gave you one place to shout this morning and you missed it. For your shame, you shall have double. And for confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess the double. Everlasting joy shall be unto them. Please hear me. Today, not tomorrow, but today, you can begin to walk differently, live differently, and experience God differently than you ever have. But you're going to have to be willing to allow Him to dress you as He sees fit. Dear Heavenly Father, this morning we stand in your presence right now. Lord, we're standing in the midst of a raging battle, just like David did. Right is on one side, evil is on the other. There's a voice that is simply saying, you cannot win or you cannot get beyond this place. We will conquer you, is what the enemy is saying to many. And unfortunately, many are streaking back in fear and uncertainty because of all different reasons. But today, Lord, we stand in your house with just a simple message from a simple preacher today. Been told that we must put off the garments of men. Today, Lord, I know that there's talent in this room. I know that there's gifts in this room. I know that there's callings in this room. I know that there's men and women that's been chosen in this room. But Lord, I also know this, that there's men and women in this room that is wearing garments of men. Some was good yesterday. They're not good today. Some are good today. They won't be good tomorrow. Lord, that's not your plan for our lives. Lord, your plan is for us to walk in a manner in which we are the salt of the earth, where we live our lives in such a manner that we cause the people around us to become thirsty for you. We are called to be the light into the world, like a city set on a hill. Lord, the only way we can do that is if we have your garments on. Lord, today I'm I'm aware that in order for us to allow you to dress us, we have to be willing to, first of all, let you undress us from these garments of men. 
So today, Lord, in the next few moments, I pray. If there's a man or woman or the sound of our voice in this room or by way of live stream today, that would simply be saying, you know what, I, I'm hearing the word of the Lord and I have garments of men on this morning and I don't want to wear them any longer but I really do want to have the garments that he has for me Lord I pray that this would be a a life changing moment for them right now Lord with every head bowed every eye closed in this room in the stillness of the Holy Spirit today I don't care if you've been saved 50 years or if you've not yet surrendered your life or if you're a new Christian doesn't matter your age doesn't matter but you'd say pastor this morning I hear the word of the Lord and I think I might have garments of men on this morning but you'd like for those garments to be changed into heavenly garments that he has for you. I'm simply going to ask you to stick your hand up and you can put it right back down in this room. Is there anybody in this room? God bless you. God bless you. Is there others this morning? Listen, this is not a time for us to say, well, what will people think? What will they think? What garment I'm wearing? Listen, I don't care what people think, nor should you. But we're talking about getting to a place where we can lay our head down at night and sleep. Talking about where we can get up in the morning refreshed, ready to take the day and realize that God is our source and our strength. Maybe you're here and you don't know Jesus as your Savior. There's no time like the present to surrender your life to Him. But as they begin to minister in song before we leave today, if you lifted your hand... I'd love to pray with you and pray for you. So I'm going to give you an invitation to come and join me right in the front of this building right here. I want to pray with you. I want to pray for you. Folks, where we're headed as a nation, we need to make sure we have the garments of the Lord on. Our family is going to need us to stand strong. Our communities are going to need us to stand strong. So as we just have an attitude of prayer just for a few more moments and we just begin to worship the Lord. Can we do that just for a moment? If you lifted your hands, I'm not going to pressure you, I'm not going to embarrass you, but if you lifted your hands and you want prayer, I want you to come join me right here. I'll pray with you before we leave today. But let's put off the garments of men and let's put on the garments that he has for us today. Hey everybody, it's Pastor Jade Abrams here. I just want to thank you for watching and joining with us today. We're so glad that you chose to be with us. We just encourage you to stay in contact with us. Click, follow, subscribe on all of our social media platforms to stay up to date what's happening here at PTC. We bless you in Jesus' name and we love you and so does God. Have a good day.